Yep, I didn't set Casey up, but Casey was just on the show. Hey, Casey, what did we talk about today? <laughs> we talked about building customer lifetime value, building relationships, and the importance of creating a two-way communication path with your customers and your leads and your prospects. I love it. My favorite part of today's episode is that I feel extremely validated because I have a company and an expert with data to back up the shit that I've been speaking about. I'm not pontificating and it's real. We talked about putting fun back into your business, how relationships are two-sided, how people buy and stay, and it's all based on the depth of the relationship. Are you standing out or blending in? The secrets to winning every customer's heart and business or referrals. Do you want 90 98% open rates and 98% watch rates on every video you send because Joan is smoking my 86% open rates on my emails and I have to fix it? Are you only measuring your lifetime value on dollars, which is a giant mistake, and you should be focusing on changing interactions from commodities to experiences to unlock the secrets of your business and your growth, plus a whole shit ton of laughs, good ideas, and case studies. So without further ado, Casey, thanks for being on the show. We're going to cue the intro so everybody can go listen to us. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind to George Show. I'm going to have to think of a new tagline because I've been saying that for a couple of years and it just started bothering me this morning and I'm going to talk about it right now. So today in this episode, I am stoked and, and I realized when I connected with this amazing human being and I say amazing because I just met him, but he has dope, amazing customer journey energy uh, <laughs> that I have never dedicated an episode to just everything customer journey all the intricacies, the amazing things you can do, the value, how it makes a difference. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I was like, oh, I have this amazing company that I recommend all the time. I might as well grab them and come on since they're the experts greater than my expertise. So today I am joined by the amazing Casey, who is the chief head of growth. But I, I, he just works for a company where every employee is required to have a bear suit. So like, let's just start there and call it what it is. So they're fun, they're connected, they believe in video, and they help entrepreneurs, human beings, and anybody in business connect deeper with their customers and the things that matter, which are relationships, which ultimately are the things that help our customers achieve the goals, which then achieve more customer base, which then equals more retention, which then leads to more business and everybody's happy, unicorns, rainbows. And so here where we are, welcome to the show, Casey. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I apologize for not being in a bear suit right now, um, but uh, but yeah, that's. I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head on uh, on what we're doing at Bonjoro. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I love it. I love that you have a complex about your bear suit. Like, I feel like we should start there. <laughs> yeah. I, I like. I love that the entire company culture. Like, I, for everybody listening, Bonjoro uh, was one of my secret weapons that for about two years I refused to tell. I was your worst fucking affiliate. Because I wouldn't tell anybody that I used it. I was like, they're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I work really hard. I do this. And I was like, I do not want you to know my secrets. Because you guys were like the best hidden gem for so long. And uh, But I'll never forget, like I was one of the early adopters. And um, the first message I got was from your CEO in a bear suit. And I was like, 
this dude's happiness makes me a little uncomfortable and I really got to step up my game. Like I'm ready to go. And so I, I, I personally love the bear suits. I really, really love them. And so I asked Casey, I was like, why aren't you in a bear suit? And he told me he had a complex because he ordered like fluffy white ears in his bear suit. <laughs> yeah, a little a little misfire on the uh, bear suit to get one that was aqua blue and uh, with fu- fluffy white ears. But uh, yes, I do wear it each year for our team conference religiously. I, I show up in that bear suit, so I still represent it. I'm gonna the, make uh... I'm gonna make a public declaration because you're in charge of this. For anybody listening to my show, you, you'll get to learn this. My whole branding is Lighthouse, and there's only one color in my brand, and it's pink. It's black, white, pink. I wear pink shoes. I'm literally wearing pink shorts right now. Like, pink is my jam. (laughs) If you guys sent me a fucking pink bear suit, I would record affiliate videos and ad videos for you in a heartbeat. All right. All right. The challenge challenge is set. Let's uh, let's talk to powers to be. I will dedicate an entire podcast episode. Like, in, I, you know what? I'll go even better. For everybody listening, you know this. If it shows up at my next event, I will come out on stage in the pink bear suit and I'll have Bonjour in the audience to support you guys as well. But, like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much a big fan. I'm a big fan. I love it. I love it. I think that like the bigger idea here too is just having fun in business, right? Like we have I a finite so. amount of time on this earth. Like we, we're doing stuff we're passionate about and just getting out and like sharing that ethos as a brand, I think is a lot of fun. So yeah, and that's what I, I, I think that that's the best way to start in this. Like what I what I think is so amazing about your company, um and and you know, for everybody listening, you know, I don't have sponsors on this podcast. If anything I say it's because it's something I actually use. But it's actually funny, like you guys make business more fun because you guys are so fun in the business. Like it, it, it takes <laughs> something that, you know, the world is quite disconnected and, and digital marketing has somehow made it worse, even though its entire premise is to make it better. And so I love having that pattern interrupt. And, and I think that you nailed it with the ethos. Like I love that every employee gets a fucking bear suit. It just makes my heart happy. And I feel like I have to step my game up. But, you know, when you, when yeah. you think about that, um, I think, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this question because I think you see more than anybody. I don't even know how many users you have on your platform, but I have a feeling it's massive. I, I, I think there's, um, what I see is this gap of adoption where it's actually, I've recommended Bonjour to people. I've talked about connection. I've talked about relationships and there's like this gap of adoption because there's this paradigm that like connection shouldn't happen in business, that you shouldn't have a personal relationship. And then my brain is like blown away because I'm like, these are the people that are making decisions. And so there's no one better to talk about it than you since (laughs) you're on the receiving end and get to see everybody's accounts. But can you kind of tell everybody like the premise of the business and like why you guys created it, why it's so fun and like what you're really aiming to do for, and we'll call them entrepreneurs. Yeah, hundred percent. And I I think part of it, just to talk like what you're saying initially, I think there's so much obsession with acquisition and we built a, a culture that's so much around acquisition. Obviously, acquisition is super important for any business, but there's a whole nother side of the business. And a lot of businesses are changing now. They're starting to focus on customer lifetime value. They're starting to embrace new models of doing business, which is kind of shifting that paradigm. And I think leading more people to start looking for things like relationships. But yeah, so at Bonjoro, essentially what we're allowing people to do is send personal videos at key points, right? So after someone opts in, after someone becomes a customer, um, if someone becomes inactive and you want to try to re-engage them, I mean, there's a million different use cases. I'm sure we'll dive into some of those on this call. Mm-hmm. But I think that what's most important is really the message. And I'm so glad that I feel like that's totally your ethos that I've gotten from you already, that 
there's a lot of tactical things that you can do in video and that can be important. But what I always tell people above everything else, it's the message, it's the energy, right? There's no hack or specific thing you're gonna implement if you're just sitting there and you're wrote and you're reading off a script and it sounds super mundane and it's boring, like nobody likes that. You know, we have people on our team that open up their bonjouros by telling jokes. We have people that open up with their cat or their animal, you know, people have fun with it. They get their personality across. And I always tell people, if you're more introverted and reserved, that's cool. Like just represent it, be authentic with that. If you're over the top and you're super gregarious and you're super energetic, have that be you. That energy I think gets across to people and then the idea there is that you actually start to build a relationship. And to me, one of the things I always encourage people to do is ask questions. A relationship is two-sided. So this is another thing I think that gets lost in this current like one-sided world of push. You, you cannot have a relationship. You can have, you can have marketing that might be effective, but you cannot have a relationship unless you get some back and forth, unless the person responds, unless the person shares something. And they're so much more likely to share something if you're taking time out of your busy schedule to say, hey, you're important enough that I'm going to take time out of running my business. Like in your case, you got a message from the CEO. How many CEOs are on the front lines, even of small businesses, taking the time? And as our company has grown and we have other competitors out in this space, but I can tell you that nobody is sending thousands and thousands and thousands of personal one-to-one -one videos to every single new person who walks through the door like we're doing. And I think that's helped us have this kind of unique spot, you know, of, of, of basically walking the walk. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm going to, I'm going to go completely for my ego for a minute and say, thank you for validating me. I just realized I'm doing this podcast because you're going to validate me the entire time for everything I've been spitting out of my gums for 10 plus years. Um, and the second part is uh, to answer your question, who does that? Only my clients, quite frankly, because they think I'm nuts when I tell them we're going to send that many video messages. But you know, what's funny is like to give some kudos to that. Um, the only reason that it sticks though, is because when I talk about that gap of adoption, right, as to why it's fun and why we connect, it's always met with the same resistance. Oh, it's not going to matter. I don't have time. I don't whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, humor me. If it doesn't work, you fucking fire me. I'll give you your money back. But like, I need you to taste it. And it literally batting a thousand every it's, single time they get one response and they can never stop ever. It's, it's like a new drug. I, I love that you brought that up. I think that we probably think about a lot of these things similarly because a lot of times for me, I do the same thing. Like I'm talking to an organization. I get on with the board. They're like, yeah, it sounds kind of nice, but it sounds kind of fluffy. Not really. And I say, here's all I want. Just run a quick test. Just run a quick test. I say, keep half of your stuff exactly as you're doing it. Don't change a thing about your funnel. Try half with Bonjour and keep track of the time you spend because I say, oh, it's going to take too much time. That's cool. That's reasonable. And then at the end, you can say, we spent six hours and we got, you know, $60,000 in revenue. Is that worth it? Right. And almost always when people actually do the due diligence of running that test, it works and they're like, oh shoot. And then that kind of like starts to change that mindset. But again, we spend so much time on the acquisition, so much time on like the hard sale metrics that what we forget is that the way that people are buying and the way and the reason that people stay inside of communities is changing. So people buy today from customer proof. They buy from referrals. They buy from what their friends are telling them. They buy after they read reviews. And so when you build relationships, when you build advocacy, that's super important. And then why do people stay? Well, people stay for communities that you build, right? And, and so this is this ability to say, hey, how can we create a pattern interrupt? Like people are so used to, the, I, I can't tell you how many software services I've signed up for. It's the exact <laughs> same route. You get the series of automated emails. 
And so it's like seeing something different and seeing that human touch is such a, like, it sticks with you yep. over, over like anything else. You know, I, I love this example. Um, I watched a TED talk and they had a guy who was an expert on memory and he had two different groups. And one of them, he told the group to remember the name Baker and the other group, he told them to remember someone whose profession was a baker. And they went back and they saw which group remembered better. And it turned out that the one whose profession was a baker was dramatically better at recall. And the reason was there was context. People, when you think of a baker as a profession, you think of the little white hats and the smells, and you've probably been to a bakery, whereas the name was in isolation and had nothing. So this is the difference between text versus video. Like with video, you immediately have context. You have body language, you have facial expression. And that context makes you instantly more memorable. A thousand percent. This could, I'm just to everybody listening, we're going to cap this in an hour, but Casey's coming back because this, <laughs> this is going to get deep. I'm like whipping out psychology and history and everything in my brain. Yeah, Casey, it's funny. Somebody asked me in a keynote probably six years ago to define marketing and I spit it off the top of my head and I said, marketing is a two-way value-based long-term relationship two-way value-based long-term relationship. And so hearing you say it, it really, really stands out and it sticks because, you know, at the end of the day, I, I always give this example to people and you're talking about it right now. You talk about sending a video, right? Just the, the feeling that somebody receives. It's a pattern interrupt and that's not even a tactic. It's like just nobody's doing it. And I, and I ask this all the time because I was like, how many people, like I do this in my audience, like how many of you have ever been to a restaurant where the food was absolutely amazing and the service sucked and their hands went up, right? I'm like, okay, cool. Like how many have ever been to a restaurant where the food was horrible, but the service was amazing and their hands go up? And I was like, okay, cool. How many of you went back to the restaurant with the shitty food and almost everybody's hands went up and it went up because of the human connection. Like we're, we'll forgive, we'll look over, we'll accept a lot less because we don't have this like critical lens because we have this connection. And I yeah. absolutely love that. And you know, it's, it's funny. I get joked at my, my students laugh at me, my wife laughs at me and they're like, I can't believe you get paid to teach people how to be decent human beings. But I think, <laughs> I think what's so beautiful about what you guys do and the tools around it is that even in the world of marketing and the internet and digital marketing and this digital landscape and the metaverse and all this other bullshit people are talking about, it's given under the guise or the illusion that it creates connection. But the truth is it creates massive disconnection because it allows massive amounts of shallow touch points without the depth and video. Yeah, even, yeah go ahead. No, no, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go, I just go. When you said that, like even the idea of like, think of like merge fields and all the different like pseudo personalization that exists together that like we know, even when you send a video, most times people expect it to not actually be personal. Like totally. the majority of people, like they have to open it first. So sorry, mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about that. Cause I, my background, I come from the SaaS world and I've worked in a lot of cases and run a lot of campaigns doing pseudo personalization. And, and I'm not, a, I, I believe in automation. I believe systems absolutely have a place, but I definitely think that disconnect is a very real thing and is exacerbated by the fact that it's now almost like mandatory. Like in the olden days, you know, everyone had to have a website. Yep. Now it's like, if you come on and you don't have like an email list and you're not cultivating that stuff, people are like, what the heck are you doing? You know, like that has changed a lot in the last five to 10 years to become like a staple. Yep. And so it's, yeah, it's definitely just a shift to be aware of. Yeah. And I love, I love that too. Cause the, the thing that I say is that I love automation and automation belongs, but you can't, like I say this to you, they're like, well, I automated that. And I'm like, okay, cool. We'll go home and try to automate your marriage. 
And they like look at me. I'm like, no, no, tell me how you do it. And I'm like, oh, you can. I'm like, no, you can automate what's in between, but there's points in the relationship that require human to human, human to human and human to human. And when I think about that, what I say is like, I love automation because it allows us to be human to human more, except yeah, exactly. we use automation in the middle. And so I'm going to use that to segue in because you guys do a lot. Like you have the ability. And for those that just quick reference, uh, how I use Bonjoro, uh, I use it in sprints when I'm done primarily like doing certain things. Like I'm not constantly building my list or like constantly doing promos, but when I am, I use it to make sure that I welcome everybody personally, that I bring them in. Right. I use it when people leave our events to thank them and to send them resources. Like I pick these amazing touch points in your view because you have a very data-driven view you also have a very human-driven view because you get to see all of us on your platform and what's working and what's not working and the personality what have you guys figured out or what do you think are like the most critical touch points in a customer evolution or in a journey in order to hit them with that personal connection yeah, hundred percent. Well, I'll start at the top of like how I first came across Bonjour and started. Oh yeah, it. so yeah, that's I was great. Yeah, I was a sales manager and I worked for a company, an inbound marketing company, and we had a big problem with demo no shows. So forty percent of our people booked and didn't show up to calls. <laughs> so we were looking and we're like, we're we're sending all the automated reminders. We were even doing like text based reminders, and we couldn't figure out like how to hack this problem. We found out about Bonjoro. I implemented this across the team, and what we do, what we would do is whenever someone booked, we would send them a personal video right away. And it was super key that we didn't send the personal video right before the meeting. We sent it right after the booking. Because what was happening is, and there's a lot of reasons, like we have a whole talk about why people don't show up to calls. But what happened was when we sent it right away, the person was still in that headspace. We sent them a video and we were able to do a couple things. Number one, put a human to the meeting. So now they didn't feel like they were blowing off some anonymous thing. There was actually a person who took time out of their day. So that was super important. But the second thing we did is we worked to make it so the salespeople didn't feel like salespeople. They felt like consultants. Hey, we work with a ton of e-commerce businesses. Actually, I was just, and they started to provide that little bit of context, 30 seconds, but it totally changed the dynamic and the expectation. So that's what we, that's how I first got exposed and it cut the no-show rate in half. And I was like, this thing is cool. So then we started using it around people that were ghosting us. Our customer success team picked it up. Our customer support team eventually picked it up and we had, we used it across the board. So I think one of the first things I say is I think first touch points are really powerful. First touch point, you get your brand ethos across. And so that can often be at the top of the funnel, whether that's when someone opts in, whether that's when someone first books a, a call, maybe in e-commerce businesses, that's after someone actually just buys a product, but it's that first touch point. And then I think after that, it's really oftentimes like, where do we get stuck? And different businesses are really different, right? So for a membership business, I might sit down and they say, look, our members stick around for the first two months and then they always churn. We see this churn cliff, it just happens. Like, And so what I say is, okay, don't wait until month two when the person's going to churn. You need to start going earlier. Where, where do they become disengaged? What kind of events can you invite them to? What can you try to do with a video that's gonna make that person feel like a part of your community? Maybe if they take written exams, you give them feedback with a video or you know, there's a ton of different models here. But the idea is to look at the points in a business that get sticky and start to insert video as a way to say, number one, hopefully try to resolve the problem, but number two, also just get feedback, right? Like as a starting point, let me try to really understand how often do people respond to like exit service? Not very often, but what you'll find is that you take time out of your day to actually record someone a video, you're gonna get way more feedback. And so even if that's harsh feedback, it's like, okay, here's my problem. That's still super valuable. 
And I can now incorporate that and shift that and change that. Um, so we see it kind of from the top to the end of the funnel. But I think that if someone was starting out, that's often a, a, often a good place. Like, you know, that first interaction touch point is a great place to kick off. Yeah, no, I, I love that too. I think um, you, you nailed it in what I said. Like, I think the context always matters, like setting it. But I look at first touch points at like any time they've changed the container that they're in, right? So like there's a first touch point when you get on my email list for the first time, right? And then you're on, but then as other events trigger and we're changing the container in which people live. And I look at all of those, like the first touch points. Cause like, I know there's a ton of people on my email list that have come to my event, but I'm like, my event is a new container, just like when you subscribe yeah. to a certain thing. And so I think that's a huge one. Another one that you said, um, I think, you know, I, I watch people try to hoard potential and keep an email list of people that never respond to them, never click and never listen or do anything just because they refuse to engage in a relationship. And they're like, what's the strategy? I'm like, tell them you're sorry. Like, can we start there? <laughs> and, and I found that like that works a thousand times better when it's authentic and it's on video. And even if it's a roll up message that goes out to everybody where it's like just a personalized video that says like, Hey, I'm sorry. Here's what happened. Here's what I'm going to commit to. Um, I, I love the thought when you said, uh, you know, people looking at churn rates or things about like membership, you know, things like that. Like, I think when we design customer journeys, one of the biggest things is that we're intentional about all the touch points because we know the journey they're going to be on. And I think about like at what moments in customer journeys, like, will they need the most momentum? Like when I look at a video message, yes, there's a part of me that knows that it's building this deep connected relationship. There's a part of me that knows that it's standing out from the crowd, but the other part of me knows that what I'm really doing is I'm allowing them to borrow some confidence and belief or energy from me to keep doing what it is that they're doing. Yeah. So I asked myself, I'm like, okay, cool. They're in this 90 day journey. I'm like, let's hit them with a video on day one, day seven, day 30, day 60, and then maybe day 70 and day 80, you know, to ramp it up near the end of it. But I just always ask myself, I'm like, where could I lend some energy, some support, some, some guidance, some momentum? And I think the thing that I watch is people go about it in like a strategic way. But every time I try to strategically date my wife, I get my ass kicked <laughs> every time, yeah. right? Because there's no, there's no doing this to a successful relationship. There's like this being this. And so, you know, I think what I want to break down for people is that if you're asking yourself, like, when should I send one? Well, the question is, if you're asking, you probably already know that you need to send one. So just send one, like figure out who to send it to, when or where. And yeah. so, yeah, go ahead. I, I, yeah, I was just going to say, like, a lot of times, as you kind of noted on, everyone has different, like, times where they have events, where they have, like, critical inflection points. So versus saying, like, hey, you should do this every other week. It's like, well, when are there meaningful opportunities for you to do it? And I want to share a story of one of our really successful users, Joan, who runs an awesome membership community. She's an absolute rock star. Probably the highest open rates I've ever, 98% open rates and comparable watch rates. And what she does, and her videos are so cool, she basically has someone in her community who looks for key moments. Key moments, like, and it could be anything. Their kid gets into college. They just secured a awesome hire. They just like, whatever it is. And she records them videos based on that. Hey, it's so cool that you guys got this. She works a lot of nonprofits. It's so cool that you guys got this grant or it's so cool that you guys doubled your milestone. Like this doesn't feel like work. Like I genuinely feel excited. Like it's Saturday and I had to record you the video. And it's like, well, duh, those videos are knocking it out of the park because they're so human and they're so like not scripted they're just like someone genuinely saying hey 
I'm super happy to have you part of my community. And that's why her membership retention rates are just out of this world. Nobody ever leaves. And I think it's because of that type of ethos. And she's only doing, you know, she does, I think maybe like 15 to 20 a week. So it's nothing crazy, right? Like it's, it's probably a total of 10 minutes of her time, you know, 20 minutes of her time, but it's just really, really like hitting someone at that moment where there's already an emotional thing, like something is happening and then you're capitalizing and events can be the same way. You go to an awesome event, you got that buzz. Like any of us that have been to an awesome event, like you leave it, you want to talk to your friends, you want to call up other people, like the other executives and you want to brainstorm, like you're buzzing, capitalize on that buzz. And I think that's, that's where the magic can happen. A thousand percent. Well, you said something earlier that was an open loop for me that you just connected uh, again that I want to bring presence to. It's like, well, you said there's this big shift in, you know, let's call it the the world of business right now where it's not so much focused on acquisition. They're realizing that there's a limited pool of acquisition, but an unlimited pool of retention. And so they're shifting their focus to realize that the retention helps the LTV. And in my experience, I actually, and I, I literally, this is a hill I will die on. When I go into a business to save it, to scale it, to double it, to triple it, to whatever, the hill that I die on is that retention is your acquisition secret. Yeah, Retention is your acquisition secret. And if we looked at Jones data and like pulled it down, I guarantee you that there's more word of mouth referrals and people signing up from those retention moments than there are from any cold or warm marketing campaigns on the front. A hundred percent. And I want to dig into this because this is something that I feel really strongly on, like customer lifetime value. So everyone talks about the spend. Then there's the retention part, which is super critical. And we're touching on that. But the advocacy, which you were kind of alluding to, that is what I feel like so few people talk about. And I want to use an example of, of one of our power users, a guy named Pat Flynn. He's a perfect example. If we use conventional customer lifetime value metrics, Pat's customer lifetime value with us is maybe like a couple thousand bucks that he spent Mm -hmm. on his account and through like his limited amount of direct referrals. Mm -hmm. But the impact of Pat, like when Pat had us on his podcast, when Pat launched his book, I mean, you saw those spikes. It was hundreds of customers that came through. It was huge. So his value, quote unquote, is $100,000, $200,000. I mean, it's it's so different from if you just statically looked at that customer lifetime value. So I think this is part of what I think a lot of brands would massively benefit from is taking a step back and thinking about, okay, how do I actually create advocacy? Everyone just says, oh, word of mouth. You can't do anything about word of mouth. It's just word of mouth. No, you actually can. And it's about caring. It's about spending time. It's about investing. Like think about all the coolest experiences you have with brands where something just amazed you, where they took a bad experience and turned it into an awesome experience where you went in and they just did something that totally surpassed your expectation, right? That's the type of thing that you're trying to bring. And sometimes just those small gestures. And I I still remember I went into an Indian restaurant and the owner came over and brought two Taj Mahal beers. My wife and I just said, hey, super excited to have you guys. Like started chatting, hey, and like telling us about the place. It was such a cool experience. We went back there so many times and and yeah, the food was good, but it was that one gesture. Like how much Mm -hmm. does two beers cost him? two beers in like three minutes of his time to get someone who patrons his business and not only patrons his business, but I went and I was like writing about it. Like he got so much exposure from just that small moment of just human kindness of just saying like, Hey, and, and what I love about this too, is that it's also fun. It's a funner way to do business. It's a better way to like, you feel better at the end of the day when you're just like, Hey, I actually met some people. I networked like 
especially in COVID times, it's harder than ever. So sorry, yeah, this is a little bit I, of a ramble, but <laughs> I'm no, I'm gonna ramble with you because I think that this is probably where I would want to park the entire rest of the podcast is talking about this advocacy thing and the ways in which to do it because I look at it and the amount of times companies that I go in and I, I mean, I've had some crazy success helping companies hit a billion dollars and I go in and they're like my LTV. And I was like, yeah, but you're looking at LTV. Like it's just dollars. I was like, that is the least minimal effective part of your LTV. And I was like, uh, Jonah Berger. Amazing. If you've never read Jonah Berger's books, uh, if you listen to podcasts, I talk about all the time, but in contagious, one of his books on why things catch on, um, 86, this was uh, like six years ago, 86% back then was word of mouth marketing. But one of the craziest stats that I found is that the average consumer gives eight to 10 brand recommendations or non-recommendations in the first 60 seconds of a conversation with somebody. And so like, you know, by looking at it, like if I wear glasses and I ask what's brand yours are, like you have a map behind you, you have AirPods in, right? Like the cups that we have, the shoes that we wear, <laughs> the Bob strollers in the park on the Saturday morning. And then typically it's like, what's everybody bonding over? They're bonding over the experiences that have happened in their life in between touch points, right? Whether negative or positive. And I have this ethos that if you don't put ammunition in somebody's gun, you're not going to like what they load in. And so even if like no news is good news in this, I mean, no news is bad news in this one. So I think it's huge. And I think it's an important thing to talk about. And, and two things come to mind for me. Number one, because I know where you live. Go to AR Valentine at Torrey Pines. It's uh, I've eaten all over the world, and it's my favorite restaurant. And I go back every time I'm there. And, all right, uh, I'm if, writing it down. Yeah, if you do it, and then like you know, if you use Open Table and make reservations, you just talk to him. The Psalm will come introduce himself. He's incredible. This dude remembered my wine nine months later, and so I sit down at the table, and he comes over. And I know they have a really good CRM with pictures of us in the system somehow and like have notes of everything because they're smart. And he's like, oh, my God, George, it's so good to see you. I saw you looking at a wine list. So I figured you'd have it last night. Since you had this last time, I wanted you to have it again. It's on me. And I'm like, you motherfucker. I love you. I'm about to buy a $500 bottle of wine because you just did this to me and I tasted it. But then that same time, I called him. I said, hey. Um, you know, my wife's birthday's in a couple days. I forgot to make reservations. Like, oh, we got you, Mr. Bryant. Totally fine. Normal reservation. This is not a fancy place. Like, it's just a nope, nice restaurant on a golf course. And then we show up and there's balloons at the table. And then they had our names printed on the menu. My name on my menu and my wife's name on her menu. And they print their menus. And so what did it cost them? Nothing. They just added one word to each one. And it's like, they keep these notes in their CRM and I fall victim to it and I acknowledge them for doing it. And I love playing the game with them. And I talk about it all the time because it enhances what is already an incredible experience and it makes it about me. And I think yeah. that's, that, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, that's one of the biggest reasons that I love advocacy. And that I think that your platform and video messages and connections with customers is the way to win because in the traditional world of business and marketing, most of the time, our, our customers, our leads feel like it's all about us. And when you start to personalize it, it changes the game and it genuinely makes it about them. Because you can't record a video about yourself or nobody's going to watch it and you're going to get narcissistically attacked and labeled everything that you want to imagine. And so I think that that's one of my favorite things about the advocacy is like, it really helps, in my opinion embodied the ethos of why we do this like your platform helps connectors or helps creators connect with their audience at a deeper level and in your tool when they connect with their audience at a deeper level they actually have to because they can't 
make it about themselves because they actually have to have empathy and compassion and notice things about their customers. And so these advocacy stories are huge. And I think they're one of the secrets to relationships. Yeah. I mean, first off, I love that story. Like I, I wrote that down and I now, I now I'm definitely going to plan to go, to go. And I think that what you hit on and you use the word, but I think it, it's so worth revisiting is experience. So the key here is how do you change an interaction from a commodity to an experience? Because once you do that, once you make that transition, like that changes the ball game. Now you gain more pricing power. Now that you start to build advocacy. So part of this conversation of advocacy, I think, starts exactly like you just said, which is like, okay, what are you going to do to make it an experience? Yep. Going, to, going to Disneyland is not about roller coasters. It's about time with your family, right? So, so what are you going to do consciously as a business? And there's so many different things. Video is one awesome way. We just heard a number of awesome personalizations that you just experienced. Like, I think it starts with just like take time mm-hmm. out of your day to do something that is novel that is novel and is putting that other person exactly like you just said in the driving seat. And that to me is step one of advocacy. If you start to do that, you absolutely start to see the reciprocation of people come back to you and saying like, that was amazing. I told so-and-so I told, and that's the natural word of mouth that you're creating by consciously just saying, Hey, I'm going to spend time and value people. And once again, it feels good. And it's what you want to be doing anyways. Like the whole thing is we're actually facilitating. We're trying to say, stop listening to all the people that are telling you to do things that you naturally wouldn't want to do and be just more of a human. Like how, how do you want to interface with people? That's, that's what you want to do. That's how you want to be treated. So it's, that's the beauty of this whole thing is the simplicity in that. Yeah. And you said this earlier and, and, I, and I actually want to revisit this just to give it some validity because what I loved is you said, cause I've heard, well, I won't send video. I'm an introvert or I don't feel like it, or I don't like being on camera. And I was like, don't be you. And like, I'm like, if that means that you hold the camera and write their name on a letter, will you talk over it? If that means you send a selfie and you put a mask on, if you hide behind the camera, if you show your feet, like, I think you nailed it where it's like, People don't want a version of you that you think they think they want. They want you. And at any moment, you can authentically show up. Like, I'll never forget this back in the day when live video happened. And I don't talk about my previous life much, but when I was a successful food blogger, live video was on the scene. So we had Meerkat and then we had Periscope and then Facebook was coming out with it. And I was on both and I was like, I'm going to go hard on Facebook Live. I was like, everybody said the algorithm's broken. I was stuck at like 150,000 fans. I was like, I'm going hard. And I didn't know what that meant, but I just said, I'm going to go live every day. And I didn't put an end to it. And that was a horrible decision, but it was a good one too. I ended up going live every single day for nine months and I didn't miss one. But it's crazy to think about because I grew almost 150,000 fans organically. And every video that went viral started the same and said, I don't want to fucking be here today. I have nothing to say. And then I'd start saying something and then it would either go for five minutes or 10 minutes. And all the ones where I was like, here's what I'm going to talk about today. And here's what I'm going to do. They got reached, but never that. And I had one of them where I was like, I'm sad. I'm depressed. I don't want to be here. And I ended up telling a story and I got six and a half million views. And it was when I started by saying, I don't want to do a video today. I don't feel like being here. And it was just very authentic. And so you said it earlier. And I, and I think I just want everybody to know is that like you get to be you. If you're a, an introvert and you're like doing hand lettering, hand letter somebody's name on the top of a card on the video, right? And send yeah. it to them, right? Like if you want, 
to just use images. Use images. If you love music and you don't want to speak, send them a video of a song that reminds you of them or sends them a happy moment or share a lyric and play it. Like there's so many things, but I think it's so incredibly important to realize that humans buy from humans. They don't buy products. They don't buy services. They don't buy experiences. They get enrolled into them, but it's the human being that they're interacting with that gives them this feeling of safety or joy or enrollment that gets them to commit. And I think that that's the secret weapon that when you're willing to use it, you're untouchable. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's spot on. And, and my experience on that too, when I started, I still remember, I said, well, what setting should I do? Like, what should I be wearing? What setting? When I first came to Bonjoro, I like, I wanted to know more about what I had done. And they said, well, what did you do when you used it yourself? Like, what did you, because I sent Bonjoro as my past company. I said, oh, well, back then I was like walking around. I'd always go like, they said, okay, then do that. Whatever you're comfortable with. And I remember I started doing my Bonjoros all outside while I walked. And I made it like, that was my daily ritual. I recorded when I walked and I came back and I was like really worried. I was like, okay, is this good? And the results were like, I was getting 70 plus percent open rates. Like I was blown away by that reception because that was my natural element. I felt good in that, just like cruising around in sun, even though there were shadows and anyone who knows about video knows that if you're walking outside in environments, it's like, it's not gonna necessarily be consistent. But that wasn't what was what was novel about the video was the actual message, right? So, yeah, I, I feel like true that. connection gives you a bypass on all the quote unquote standards because, like, I'm the same way. Like any bonjouros, like or any video messages I send in my studio, like here, never land. Like when I'm driving in the car, my five year old's yelling in the back, but I keep it mounted on the tripod. Or when I'm like, <laughs> "Hey, listen, I'm in between meetings, but I just wanted to say thank you. Have a great day," right? Like. It's that authentic moment over and over. And even when like my event was over, I live literally, I live right next to the event space in Montana. And yeah. so I was like, oh, I'm going to send him a thank you video. I'm like, fuck it. I walked over to the event room that was now empty. And I was like, hey guys, I had to come back in here because I missed you all. But I just wanted to say thank you. They were breaking down the room, but it was a magical experience. And I was like, oh my God, like I missed it already. And I was like, it, it's about honoring whatever that is. But I, you know what I think? It's, it's really interesting to me because we, we live in this world with entrepreneurship. And, and I, I would love to be on the back end of some like Bonjoro meetings and like CD briefs because there's so many people that come to your platform because it's a strategy and a tactic. And they probably leave happier, healthier human beings because it allows them to be themselves and like dismantles this whole perfection of like a strategy and tactic. But I think that like, that's what it really comes down to is like finding opportunities and ways to put the human back into what you do and find these touch points and these connections to really deepen these relationships. Cause that, that's what you're really doing. You're establishing them, you're nurturing them, you're deepening them and you're helping people at all these different ways. And quite frankly, um, as a creator, as somebody who does this, when I send videos, there's nowhere for me to hide either. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that the use of your tool has also pulled me out of fucking slumps because I'm like, I have 38 bonjouros to send today and I don't have to send them. I get to send them and I'll be all sad. And then by like number 20, I'm in flow. I'm like out running or trail hiking. I'm like, let's, and then I want more and more and more. But I think that the more that we can practice putting connection into this stuff, the, the bigger difference it makes for everybody. And, and yeah, I don't know. And, and I think the reciprocity too, I don't know how you feel, George, but like for me, one of the best parts, like I would say the single most rewarding part when I started using video was when someone just says, wow, thank you. So I, I was not expecting to actually have a human being like take time and look at my website. I was yep. not expecting for someone to reach out and actually, cause I'll do that. Like right in the app, you can check the website inside the portal. So oftentimes I'll pop the website up, I'll scroll through, 
and I'll say something about their messaging. Or I'll yep. say, hey, actually, your cause is super close at home because my sister-in-law suffers from epilepsy. So that's awesome what you guys are doing. Like, I'm so grateful. Like, all business aside, like, thank you for being you. And people are like, wait, what? <laughs> like, you yeah. know, they're just, they're totally, they totally can't believe it. And so I think, I think that's super important. And, and then on, on also like the journey side, one of the things I always tell people too is, using it on an ongoing basis, I think it's also part of the relationship. So like when you date or when you first meet someone, you don't want to just make like an awesome impression and then you like, then you bolt, right? Like that's, that's not good because then that doesn't feel authentic. But if you keep using it at those key moments, you know, it's not like every interaction has to be a video, but it's the key moments. It's the emo- moments that have that emotional potential that you step in and now you're like capitalizing on that emotion and that's kind of building it. And once again, asking questions, soliciting feedback, trying to get their opinion. That's one of the things when I started, I started working with a lot of companies on increasing webinar attendance, right? Mm -hmm. So I started telling them, ask someone specific questions because everyone suffers from this problem. Maybe there's a magic unicorn that doesn't suffer from this problem, but everyone I've ever met says, Hey Casey, I have 500 people that registered and only 120 of them showed up, right? Yeah. Like I've never I've never met someone who's like I got 500 registrants and 498 showed up. Maybe that exists, but for free There's webinars There's a few of them, but very rare. Yeah, it's it's hard, right? And so that's one of the things you can start to do. Get them involved. What are you looking forward to hearing? Like ask them questions, and I will promise you that if you start asking questions, the people that respond and give you feedback, "Oh, I really want to hear about X." They're going to show up right? They've now made an emotional commitment at that point in time to say, okay, now I got to go to this. So you're creating that connection and that hook to pull them in. Yeah. And I'm going to give some people some tangible examples. Cause I do this all the time. Uh, and it works like we, <laughs> I'm an over talker. So like we had a 90 minute webinar scheduled and I went for five hours. Um, and only one person dropped off the call the whole time they stayed. And they, we had people going to like three in the morning. Cause I did it late in a time zone. And it was like, boom. But like, when you think about it, like everybody listening, like maybe you don't do webinars, but it's like, cool. You're running a new year's challenge or a February 1st challenge. Well, there's always a lead up period. What can you send? Well, how can you engage? How can you get people invested? Like when you can personalize that experience, you're setting both of you up to win because they're telling you exactly what they want. And then they're getting emotionally invested. And then all you really have to do is copy and paste what they said and like serve them and what it is. And like, Ninja hack number one, I hate writing copy. I have amazing copywriters on my team, but I hate sales pages. I hate sales funnels. My favorite thing to do is to literally use a bonjour or a video to send them to a Google document to pay me. And it works like a charm. Everyone's like, God, I have this program I want to sell. I'm going to write like five emails. I'm like, I'm going to send like a 32 second video. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to tell everybody what I'm doing and ask them if they want to do it. And they're like, what? And I'm like, it works. And it works based on what you talked about earlier, the context of the relationship. Like we had a good first impression. We have this thing here. You know, if you're on my email list, you listen to my podcast, I help you ethically scale your company. I focus on email customer journey. So I feel like I have a past that if you're on my email list and I have a customer journey offer, I'm going to send you a video and be like, I have a customer journey offer. And you're like, dope, I'm in. I love that. Like, I think that there's so much unrealized potential that even when you start to deepen these relationships and you use some of the things that we're talking about, what you also get is you get to let go of the old paradigm of how things were supposed to be because it's, it's really truly in a relationship and you come from the SaaS world, right? Where it's yeah. like, you talk about churn and onboarding and adoption periods and boom, boom, boom. 
And it's like, okay, cool. But from like a human perspective, when you hit him with that touch point or you hit him with that moment or you send videos out on their birthday, or like Jane was her name, right? That's incredible. Like look for key moments and celebrate them. You're surpassing every single process, checklist, user data, or anything that you could ever come up with because they have an emotional investment. And I love that. Exactly. And and it's the personality too. Like I was just thinking back to when I started listening, like I started listening to your podcast and I started getting excited because right away I was like, okay, this is going to be different. Like this guy's got personality. Like they're talking about personal stuff. Like so many, you know, I've done a lot of podcasts in 2020. Our team did 220 podcasts. So we've hopped on, we've talked a lot of podcasts, but there's a lot of very like formulaic structure, right? And like, and so that's, and one of the things is, and the funny thing is, and this is true of video too, you realize it so quickly. It didn't take me long. It literally took me two minutes of listening to one episode to be like, okay, this is going to be different just by the dynamic. And so that's the kind of thing. If you think like, how do you get your personality across? How do you translate personality in an interaction? Video is a freaking awesome way to translate personality because you're reading that person as that engagement is happening. And so I think that's another thing when you're kind of thinking internally is like, get that personality across people in that interaction. And that's going to come back to benefit you. Yeah. And I'd say like for everybody listening, like I, I'm a one shoot guy. I do not reshoot anything. Like I will fuck up and say, oh my God, I just fucked up and I'm not reshooting this. And people like, you're killing me, bro. And they (laughs) respond and they love it. And like, you know, one of the things that like, one of the reasons I love Bonjour so much is it's not like go in your studio and go in your life. It's like whip out your phone and it's in your hand and just send a message. Like if you're going to text your friend, send them a video, use it, be a part of it. What are, what are like, you have a very unique perspective. Like what are some of your favorite ways that you've seen people use the tool? I mean, so first off, just a quickly comment. Yeah, absolutely. Totally believe in one take. Like the t- takes oh, yeah. you mess up. You guys are the best when the kids They're the best in, ones. Yeah. So I think, I think that's definitely where to start. And then, and then George hit me with your question again. I, I was thinking about oh, that. Yeah, my no. Trail. Oh no. You're, oh, so you're like me, like you can't have any open loops. So they'll drive you nuts. This is hilarious. I love it. I have like, I've recorded like four podcasts and three podcasts today. And I have an open loop from the first podcast that I have to go talk about. in the next time I record, cause it'll bother me if I don't close it. <laughs> and so I totally get it. No, but like, I think like I can give a thousand ways that I use this, but I think you have a unique perspective because you get it. You've used the tool. Now you work for the tool and you're yeah. in there and you get to see creators of all shapes, sizes, business, entries, all this stuff. What are some of like the most fun, creative ways you've seen people use the tool? Like what are your yeah. favorites? Yeah, yeah. So so Joan, who I mentioned, that's got to be up on the list. I, I love, love that, that one. Yep. There's another one called Bewilderbeast. And he does basically like goofy, crazy designs that are like like related to puns. And all of his videos, we have this case study on the website so you guys can watch them. All of his videos are just so fun. Like he's telling these crazy riddles and he's like, in order to connect with me, you tap your foot three times at the tavern. Like he's just going and he's just <laughs> off the wall. But that's his ethos. Like that's why people are buying his stuff is because of that. And he talks about like his transformation where he's like, I'm selling five euro you know cards and it moved up to selling multi-thousand dollar original commission prints because people are like i freaking love this guy and he was the face he's a small business it was literally him and his wife now they've brought some people on board and that was the growth point was like using it right there on this first and so he used it initially for that and the other thing that he used i think 
was really successful is he used it around reviews. So he wanted more reviews. He wanted more customer proof. Um, and that was another way that he leveraged Bonjoro. And also, little spoiler, um, not very many people know about this, but we're actually releasing testimonials as a service within. So we're going to make it super, super easy for you to gather video testimonials from people. So that's, that's coming soon in like a month. Um, and that's going to be basically an extension of the core product, but it's just going to make it easy for you to gather those. So I think, I think using it in, in those use cases is awesome. Um, I've seen people, we had a real estate person who was always recording videos, um, basically with, it was like a real estate investment, but he always had these like crazy videos where it was like some skyscraper in the background. And he was always like somewhat awkwardly placed. Like you'd be like on a balcony or something. And I just, I feel like my personal favorite Bonjoros are the ones that are like the craziest, like the zaniest. Yeah. Like I remember our CEO, he went through a phase where he was recording tons of his Bonjoros with his kid on his back, wearing like a, a tank top that was like blue and pink. And he'd be like out in the jungle, like, hey guys, this is Matt CEO. And it was just so fun. And we, we, people would be like, well, like what if you reach out to a really like straight lace, you know, like finance company or healthcare. And like, to me, it's Same all thing. like, be you, be you. Be you. Like those the people who work for finance companies, they're human beings too, right? Like totally. it's not, you know, like just because so. they have to wear a suit doesn't mean I have to, and you can be jealous. And I'm gonna wear my tank top, pink shoes, and rock my mohawk at the time. Actually, you know what's funny is like some of my biggest clients came when I was rocking a blue mohawk, pink shoes, like covered in tattoos, and I end up in boardrooms of billion dollar companies. They're like, that's what mm -hmm. you dress like. I'm like, oh, 24 seven. It's a hoodie and shorts type of life. Like that's what I do. I love and it. That's and that's what makes you memorable, right? That's, that's what makes you That's what makes you stand out. I literally just had a consultation. I also do consulting on the outside. I just had a consultation around brand with someone. And they were yep. saying, hey, but Casey, we're kind of worried. Like, it's very contrarian. Like, our way of thinking about this is really different from the standard mainstream. And we talked to a, this company, and they said that there's this, this. I said, no, do it. Do it. Like, said, yeah. that's your message. That's what you believe in. So, mm -hmm. like, if that's what you believe in, then put that out there. And the fact that it's different is good. That's how you stand out, you know, like for myself on social platforms, like all the stuff I've created is like being, being authentic, but also where there is not being contrarian for the sake of being contrarian, but totally. where that's where you actually believe, put it out there and put that flag down and stand by it and advocate it because that's, that's people are going to see that and that's something different. It will pause them, get them to reflect. That's what you want. Totally. So it's funny because uh, I agree. And for those of you who want to reference Michalowicz's new book, Get Different, amazing on ideas like this, especially if you're like getting different marketing. But um, I'm like the shorts guy. People comment on my cat. I have giant calves and I know this. It's like the number one conversation. I just gave a keynote in Denver, like hundreds of people in the audience. The first question after this amazing keynote on customer, how did you get those calves? And I'm like, there's always one, right? It comes up. But when I moved to Montana, people thought I was nuts because I'm just wearing shorts in the winter. I love shorts. And so then I had cowboys. So we started this hot mess cowboy moniker. Like I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm the hot mess cowboy. And so when I did my event, I came out on stage, my Ariat cowboy boots, my pink shorts, my black hoodie, and my cowboy hat. And my fucking cowboy hat was on backwards because I was in such a rush. And I'm <laughs> such like a not a cowboy. I put it on backwards. And then I had to leave it. And everybody still makes fun of me to this day. And I love it though, because it was memorable and I rocked the cowboy hit backwards. So I'm, I'm game for it. I'm game that's, for that's, it. That's awesome, man. I'm on, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. So I have very small calves and I've been working through the uh, complex. <laughs> Talk about the bear suit. My major complex is we actually created an acronym between me and my brother-in-law who suffers from the same phenomenon called SLS, skinny leg syndrome. 
And so we talk about suffering from the uh, pitfalls of SLS. I feel like you could make an entire like Instagram reels series from the perspective of somebody with SLS on video and just absolutely crush it. Like just absolutely crush it. Like, go ahead. I always, I always said, I always said if I could do a before and after and I could go from where I am now and actually grow gigantic calves, I think I would become a millionaire because there's pretty much no, like if you go and you search, like it's, it's, it's just not happening. It's just the genetics are set. You're either the, the calf person or the not calf person. Yeah, I literally am like I'm envisioning like trending sounds on on reels or TikToks right now where this series of skinny legs and like how you don't fit into normal life and the challenges that you have and every video is dedicated to a new challenge. Like people think I'm missing a leg just because my calves don't fill the lower part of it. My socks fall down. Like I literally I'm like, go for it. Like I would totally, totally own that. Another one that I wanted to share with you earlier and everybody listening um, when you think about, for me, like experience is something we hit earlier, right? Like that, that's where this all comes down to. Like I look at Bonjour, I look at video messaging, I look like it's a tool in the toolbox. But what we're really doing is we're intentionally designing a courting game for people that we care about or that we want to get a result, right? It's, and, and hopefully, and by the way, if you're designing a customer journey for a day, you're probably in the wrong business because I would never want to be in business for a day. But like when I think about Casey, who now has listened to my podcast, my goal is that Casey listens and is hooked until I can help him or he's down. And I think about like, what would it look like if Casey was listening to my podcast in 10 years? And like, that's what I think about. So we design these like intentional touch points over time. And then we figure out in those moments what to use to deepen, to nurture, to lead the relationship, to ask open-ended questions, get two-way relationships, right? Like the stuff you talked about earlier, it's like, yeah, if you have an e-commerce platform and you're using Yotpo for reviews, which 95% of you are, turn off the fucking defaults and send a video instead. Uh, Number one, nobody can review a product that's still in the mail because you triggered it on day three and it's still getting shipped idiots done and number two they get the same emails all the time can you imagine from the personal ceo a video saying like hey love to know what you think about our product leave us a review if we can help you so i want to give you two things that i do right now that help a ton so we use bonjoro uh, for one company to where there's a customer spending threshold so uh, average order values around like 130 dollars, and so we decided like based on volume that at 500 we'd have a trigger and the trigger would get a personal video from the CEO with a link to his calendar for a 15 minute call. And so literally these customers are identifying themselves as like the key customers. Like they've spent at least three purchases and this is not a consumable product. It's a usable product. So they're not buying more for themselves. They're buying it for friends or another extension. He literally designs the entire product roadmap, every other product that's coming out in every marketing campaign based on those calls. And he does 20 to 25 a week. And now it's his only job. It's all he does. And it's one of the ways that we use Bonjour, which I love. But earlier when you were talking about a restaurant, the other reason I was saying this is we talk about these inflection points. And I think you have a tool that helps people really, really do this. And by the way, just for you guys knowing in Bonjour, you can also send a picture. You can use their new dynamic templates. It links to your website. You can put content in there. Like you can get really fucking crazy with what you do. I'm simple. I send a video of my face and I try to make sure I start the video with a funny face. So the GIF is a really good one um, <laughs> yeah. when I don't want to upload a custom thumbnail. But this other one, 
And it was a restaurant. It was a case that I don't remember where I read it, but then I started uh, advising my friends who owned restaurants to do this and it changed their business. So there's, and I'm going to misquote the stat. And since most of them are made up, it doesn't really matter. But there is some stat out there that basically, if you can get somebody to your restaurant for like a third time in like a set period of time, it will become a habit and literally something they do forever. But if you don't get them that third time, you're basically screwed because they're going to keep shopping around. So it's like their indoctrination period, it's almost like subscriptions. Once you get them past three, they'll stay longer. Same thing with membership sites. It's like three tends to be the churn. And so this one restaurant would have them come in and in their CRM, like when somebody comes, what's your name and number? They put them in the system. You know who's in your restaurant. And if it was their first time, they would give them a specific colored napkin. And that napkin meant that it was their first time at the restaurant. So they had it designed that on the first time, the chef would make rounds like every 20 minutes. It was a white napkin. He'd go introduce themselves, right? And then at the end, they would comp one of their entrees just to thank them for coming for the first time. And then they would give them, they would give them a, uh, like a, a coupon for like a free appetizer next time and help them make it. So then they'd come in the second time, they get a different color napkin and it meant their second time. And in the second time, there's a different experience. And then that second time, they got a free dessert, but they got to choose it. So they bring out the platter, like, which one do you like? This is on us. And then when everyone they chose, they gave a coupon to get that for free next time they're back. And then made the reservation. And then the third time was a new napkin. And they're like, oh, my God, it's so great to have you back. You know, like maybe they put their name on their menu, whatever. When you think about a restaurant where margins are like 4 to 5%, longevity is the only way that you win because you don't have a lot of front-end marketing costs. And then you get these people that are coming back over and over and over again, and they stay forever. I'm like, that's fucking genius. The thing is, is I've done and used it in e-commerce companies. I've come around and I'm like, where are they? Where in the process are they? How can I get them to come back? Like, we know that someone's going to buy your supplement and you want them to use it forever. But we also know that only 20% of those people are going to commit to that subscription. Cool. What can we give the other 60% or 80% to just get them excited again or send them a free bottle or give them another flavor? And so I figured you'd appreciate that, but those are like some of the ways that we do it. I absolutely love that. And so first off, I watched that same video and I don't know if it originally was from there, but I watched the Gary Vee video mm -hmm. where I heard the exact same example. Oh, the I guy from Bar Rescue. It was the guy from Bar Rescue. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that yep. guy. Yes, yes. Yep. So I, I, that's where I first heard that example. And I thought that was so poignant that I actually shared that video with a friend of mine. So I was thinking, I was nodding along. I was like, I freaking love that. Well, my um, friend owns a local eatery where I used to live that was all farm to table. So she started doing it and it was fucking mind-blowing what was happening because not only were they coming back more frequently they were bringing people and they were buying more yeah. and it was crazy the correlation it was mind-blowing and, and that's and that's going in and where you ended too around subscriptions the very first case study i ever did was a coffee company and their yeah. use case was to transition one-time buyers into subscribers that was their whole cause around using bonjoro and what they did, another really good example of, of a good Bonjoro, the guy recorded a video actually like in the roastery. So he'd be like, here's your Nicaraguan coffee. Like we're grinding it up as you speak. And he would go tilt his phone while he was doing it on his mobile device and actually show you machinery in the background. It was like little country music going. Like it was just so cool. And it was that immersive experience and focused on creating that subscription. And last year, one of the major things I talked about, I, I hopped on a ton of e-commerce platforms. And one of my central messages is 
the world is moving to subscriptions. Like there's so much data that like what used to be a rarity now, like the vast majority of people have subscriptions of some kind, right? Like I have subscriptions for my paper towels that I get from Amazon totally. now. Yeah. Like, you know, that is becoming mainstream. And so tapping into that as an e-commerce company, I think is so powerful. And what I loved about that example too is his whole message that he sent was all just about the coffee. Like it wasn't about the subscription at all until the very end. And he's like, oh, and like, like almost as an aside. And like, by the way, if you guys want to get set up, we have this, you know, tent. like he did it so subtly where like the, the way that he presented it was perfect because it was all about them. It was all about their order. It was all about their value. And oh, and just by the way, if this is convenient, now, now he seems helpful. He doesn't seem salesy. Like that's a killer application right there. Yep. So I'm going to give you another one because I did this at one of my CBD companies. Uh, I can't say the name because I'm under NDA, but I will tell you what we did. They don't care. Uh, one of my favorite parts is when there's companies that are like multifaceted, right? Like when you when you own your fulfillment in-house, right? Or you own customer service in-house, it can make a massive, massive difference. And so we knew like they had hemp, they had CBD and we do it. So what we would do is we would trigger a bonjoro on somebody's first purchase. And if it was their first purchase, the Bonjoro would go to the CEO. If it was their second or third purchase or anything beyond that, it would go straight to customer service. And so the CEO would like welcome into the company and then literally the Bonjoro would trigger and the, the warehouse is already packing it. So he would walk out of his office and go over to their box and like put something in their box for them and just say, hey, like I really appreciate it. I threw a special thing in here for you. And then what we would do for the recurring ones is that their second or third, we'd have the customer service team, any one of them, so we could introduce different personalities into the company. And they're already boxing orders. So we just kept a phone, like each of their phones, like right there. And so they'd be like, hey, Casey, super stoked, man. This shit looks incredible. And uh, actually, you haven't tried this. So I just threw a package in for free. Take it with that when you do it and see how you feel. And we just made it a part of the process. And so then... That went to, we also own the shipping department. And so then we would send them because they're already going to get a default shipping notice, which gets scanned. And so we'd have them hit it again, but like, hey, you're about to get a shipping email. If you saw it first, you already got it. But literally here's the UPS guy. So if it doesn't get there, it's because he stole it and he wanted what was in it. So complain to them, not us. And we would just find these moments that it wasn't taking a lot more time at all. It was actually being more efficient. People were staying longer. And so like we literally put these things into practice. And then same thing, like another example for everybody listening, like we were at another, actually another CBD company and I was just like getting into customer retention and I was getting into LTV, but I was like, let's get into customer appreciation because why I love video so much. And I feel like the best utilized asset of video is surprising and delighting, right? It's just like, I want you to be fucking shocked that you heard from me. I want you to have no idea it's coming, you know, whatever the case is. And so we just started sorting by customers and we're like, how much have they spent? How much have they spent? How much have they spent? Literally, we found a dude that had spent $16,000 on their products with an average order value of 70 bucks. And they had no idea. Then we looked and he only lived 35 minutes away. And so we literally sent him a bonjouro of us packing up a truck of his favorite products and the owners getting in their van to drive to his house. And then we recorded them getting to his house, but we sent them the bonjouro when it was on the way. And so there's so many ways. And what I love about it, Casey, is 
it's so fun for me to think about, like, we have these pool of a thousand people. They gave us their attention. They gave us their email. They gave us their credit card. And for some reason, they felt safe enough to trust us with their attention. How can we fill their bucket? And like, I start there and like, that's how I look at customer journey. That's how I look at marketing, but it like warms my heart and it works every time because it's real. And so like, those are some of like the easy ways that we do it. Yeah. That that was so freaking cool. I absolutely love that. And it's, it's like sparking, like everything you're saying is sparking ideas. Like I just thought of another one that I love. It kind of stemmed from a brainstorm just like that. It was an e-commerce company. It was an abandoned cart use case. So instead of the generic abandoned cart, what this person did, they were selling shoes and like menswear. And so what they did is when that person abandoned cart for like a specific pair of shoes, they put that pair of shoes in a box. They went to like an empty shelf and they did this like in a joking way, but it was like, it was so freaking good. And the person walks in they're like, Hey, we only have one pair. Like they walk in like the one pair, they like slowly open the box, you know? And like, it was so funny and it was so good. And like the people freaking had to buy when they got that, like it was so, such an awesome. And, but what I love about it is exactly what you're just saying, George, is like, it's, it's the creativity. It's yep. the, like sitting down and saying, okay, what could we do? What would be fun? What would be crazy? What would be wacky? And we do those brainstorms internally all the time where we're like, okay, like someone's telling jokes or I'm going to open, like I do a lot of fitness stuff. I'm like, I'm going to open just doing pushups to start. Like we just have fun with it and we try to get that translated over. Oh, dude, I used to own a coffee company, right? So like I could do the coffee thing all day. Like I create subscriptions out of one time through like crazy customer journey psychology, simplicity, then I use video to enhance it. But like off the bat, off the bat, I'm like, the if I still owned a coffee company and you bought a cup of coffee with me, the first bonjour that you would get would me be brewing the blend of coffee that you got with a link to how to blue pour over, Chemex, drip, and what to do, but like, hey, Casey, this cup of coffee's for you. Or I would record it without your name and I would use your roll-up feature and I would send it to all my customers that bought that day. And all I say, and just so everybody knows what the roll-up is, is you can send one-on-one videos or I think you can roll up to 50, right? 50? Mm-hmm. Correct. And so like what I'll do is like if I have 50 customers that all bought the same product that day, I'm like, hey, I just wanted to thank you. You are one of 50 amazing people about this product. I'm sending this video to all of you because I want to have a cup of coffee with all of you and I can't have 50 cups of coffee in a day or I'll die. And so <laughs> here it is for you, you know, boom, boom, boom. But like you get to do this thing. And then I think about like, oh, you're selling coffee. And I'm like, amazing. Well, if you sell it, you know when it ships. So therefore, you know when it hits their door. So I personally would have a bonjour triggered the moment my delivery receipt happened because you're about to open it. And I would have a video of like how to open, get the aroma and make your first cup of coffee. Not when you bought it, but the day that it was getting delivered. Mm-hmm. And then I'd follow up a couple days later with another one. Like maybe it's just a, I have actually this picture of me in a five foot sombrero because I had the coffee cup in my hand and I would like send it to you. And I'm like, this Joe's on you. Like, how are you? Like, there's so many ways and reasons and things that you could do. But what I love is like, I think everybody listening, like you have to be intentionally creative about where you can meet your people and how you can meet them from a place of relationship, not from a strategy and tactic. And I will tell you right now, and Casey will validate with data all day that (laughs) the depth of the relationship directly correlates to the increase in your revenue. Every single yeah. time. A hundred percent. And also you touched on something I think is really important. We've kind of mentioned it a couple of times, but for people listening, they might not know the yeah. triggered aspect. So with personal oh, video, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of one of the things that we really wanted to do is we saw that personal video was amazing, but sometimes it was becoming tough 
to not have opportunities fall through the cracks. So with Bonjoro, we let you hook it up to your CRM or your Shopify or your point of sale or your Patreon, or we have a whole bunch of different ones. And when some action happens, like someone buys, you can then produce a video or you could do what George did, get creative and say, when someone buys and they spend over $200, when someone buys and it's their third purchase. And so that's the really awesome part, create the system so that it's foolproof and you just know exactly who to connect with. And then the actual personalization and the human aspect happens when you record. But that's, I think, a really cool part of this too, is like when you create that customer journey and that map, you have the ability to intentionally put it at certain specific points. Yeah. And what I do too, and what I also love too, is that there'll be times where I'm like with a company and they're like, oh shit, we really need to win these people back and we haven't done anything and they're not on Bonjour. I'm like, cool. I'm like, hey, just export me a CSV of everybody who hasn't opened or clicked on an email in six months. And then I'll go make a one-time use case in Bonjour to hit that message. And so it really... It really is like the simplest thing ever. So for everybody listening, I've been using Bonjour. They could tell you, but it's been, it feels like forever. It's probably been four plus years. Um, and I use it all the time, but I, I always start with the intention of like, what are we trying to do and how can we achieve it? And then I stack on. And then if it's something we end up repeating, we end up using those workflows. So we use them for abandoned carts. Like one of the other things we do, Casey, is um, I'm anti-abandoned cart. I have an entire keynote about abandoned carts. Like it pisses me off. <laughs> Um, it's really, really funny. Um, but I have, uh, some of my best case studies, we've recovered 50% of card abandons, 50% of them, which added like $3 million a month to the bottom line, but we didn't try to recover the cart. We acknowledged that they left it in their car and they were missing something from us to make the purchase. So let us solve it first. And so like one specific supplement example comes to mind where they were interested in collagen. And they added to their cart and they left. Well, if they wanted it, they would have fucking bought it. So I'm not going to insult their intelligence. Like, hey, you forgot something. No. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think my subject line was like, you didn't forget I sucked. And then like the email went out and it's like, hey, you were interested for whatever reason, but here's what I know. I know you were interested. Maybe your hair, skin, nails, blah, blah, blah. And we take them through this process. And then if they hit specific triggers, we added a bonjoro. And what we would do, we would add a video and then we would send them a sample for free. We just drop a sample in the mail. And so the Bonjoro just led to a type form. And it was like email number three or something where we just used one and then we would send it out to make sure not everybody was getting it. But if they opened the first two and they were like, yes, that's what I want. And they still didn't buy. We're like, fuck it. We'd rather you just try it. And then we would trigger a Bonjoro and it went to a type form. If they filled out the type form, our shipping department sent it. And it cost us like $2.30 with shipping to get a free sample of the product in the mail to their house. And then ended up buying back most of them anyway. So there's like an unlimited amount of things that you can do. The purpose, I think the biggest thing, and you guys nailed this, like you do creative meetings. You think about all the ways that you can reach out and touch people. You add personality, you do it. I think for everybody listening, my challenge for you would be to look at your entire ecosystem of your business from the point where somebody finds you the first time, they hear you on a podcast to they're your most longtime customers. And like, if you were dating them, if they were your kids and you hadn't talked to them in six months, like, how would you fill their bucket? Like, what would you do to enhance their experience? How would you help them have more of what they want? How would you help them guide down if they're on a weight loss journey and it was six months ago? Can you check in with them and give them some motivation? Can you send them your favorite Spotify playlist? Can you send them a motivational video? You know, record them custom. I had one dude with an amazing voice. And I told him, 
I told him I wanted him to record like when he sent Bonjoros to say, and by the way, here's your custom alarm tone and pause for a minute and then record like something personal for them to use on their phone. And he had people sending them screenshots of it like in his alarm. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is like really, really good. So those are just some of my thoughts. I freaking love it. That's so good. And, and I think that like what you hit on, I teach, I teach a class at UCSD around content marketing. And one oh, of the yeah. things that I, one of the things I prompt people to do is I say, start by looking at like, what do you like? What kind of emails do you like to receive? What kind of like create a list of all of the emails, all of the correspondences that you're like, oh, I love this. Right. And, and by doing that, and you can even do the inverse, the ones that you hate the most. But yes. by doing that, you get clarity, right, around how you communicate. I can't tell you how many organizations, like when they go through this exercise, suddenly can reflect back and realize like, oh, gosh, our, our ways that we communicate suck. Because that, that's like, that, that is exactly why your abandoned cart thing works so well is you took a totally different approach to say, yep. let me just be a human. Like, I hate when someone insults my intelligence by just assuming that I quote unquote forgot knowing it's just complete BS, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's flipping the script, acknowledging that, and then and then going. So I think that's an awesome place to to kind of start too, is just with that reflection of digging into those and using that as a North Star to guide you. Totally. And like I'll give another one because they're gonna pop into my brain before we wrap. <laughs> but like you think about like e-commerce, we think about customers, people spend money. We think about somebody gives us their credit card and the first thing we do is remind them how much money they spent before they get the product or service. And I was like, that sounds really fucking intelligent, right? Like that sounds like a good idea. Like sign up for my $25,000 mastermind with a 30 day in doc. And the first thing you see is a reminder that you just gave me 25 grand for something intangible. And so like some of my favorite things to do are to trigger and remove those and send the receipt with a bonjoro and like a gift or something along the lines, right? Same reason and for those of you listening, you've heard me talk about this before. Every single confirmation page that I have that I use has a video on it. And the entire purpose of the video is to neutralize whatever that emotion is and bring something positive again. But when you have tools like Bonjoro, can you imagine like, think about somebody, let's say you sell a thousand dollar product or a thousand dollar service. You know that there's a period in that moment of commitment, no matter how good your marketing, how good enrolled it, that they have buyer's remorse, that they have a little bit of doubt. The moment they get a video, they get a touch point that's personal and connected, it's completely dispelled and turned into something positive. And it's a reason that they stay, right? And like I tell people, the most valuable parts of customer journeys are the ones where we pre-handle, we pre-handle um, objections, right? Like I know that it might come damaged. I know that it's going to feel hard. I know that when I teach you content marketing, you're going to have fear on video. I know... And when you yep. can add the human connection to that, you become their friend and their ally instead of their foe and somebody that they're looking for evidence to collect against. And so for everybody listening, if you don't get that you should be using video, we were talking about this five years ago, find ways to use video, find ways to connect with your customers. I would have Casey rip through their case studies, but on their website, it's actually really cool because they do feature like some of the best ways to use Bonjoro. And I recommend everybody use it. Um, but I think even deeper, and Casey said this earlier, is like start looking for ways in which you can enhance the experience because that experience is what sets you apart. It's what people talk about. It's why they come back. It's why they choose you. And it's really going to be the differentiator between you and your business. And, and I will say this. You will never be able to compete on width 
in your industry ever. There's always going to be another platform. There's always going to be another marketer. There's always going to be another ad. There's always going to be somebody with a bigger budget, but you can always win on depth every uh, single time. A hundred percent. I mean, so first of all, I just want to show, I, I know people, I don't know if we have video show, but this is how many notes <laughs> yeah. I've taken from our conversation. Like, it's just so good. Like there's so many books and so many things and preempting objections is something that I believe so strongly. And when I ran my sales team, I was always about like, instead of objection handling, how do we preempt? So that, that's just, that's totally on point. Oh, I, I want to do another. Awesome. I want to do another call with you and map out your entire onboarding sequence for Bojoro, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> hey, a hundred percent. I am. I am there. This is. This has been so much fun, and I'm learning so much. I mean, so many good use cases, so many good takeaways and learnings for me. Um, it's one of the awesome reasons. One of the reasons why it's awesome to hop on and just chat with people is that it's always this experience to just learn new things. So it's yeah. And so here's what I want to say for everybody wondering. Um, I'm going to shamelessly give you my affiliate link because uh, if you do, just say, I'll make it easy for you. Shoot me a DM on Instagram that says Bonjoro. I will send you a link and I will send you a free customer journey video mapping the whole thing out, which by the way, you don't have to opt in for. It's in a Google document. I do not need your email. I just want you to have it. But send me a DM on Instagram. It's George Bryant. um, And just say Bonjoro and I will send you the link. But if you're like me and you want to skip the line, the link is www.usebonjoro, so U-S-E-B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com, and that goes to the 14-day free trial page. Um, and here's what I'll say. I've been challenged a lot. I've still yet to find somebody who can tell me their business won't benefit from a customer journey or more personalization, and I will throw that out there again. Somebody challenged me with a battery. like They're like, well, what if Duracell? And then I blew their mind because I mapped out like a 90-day customer journey that would like get you changing batteries, changing loyalty, getting into like saving the plant. And they're like, okay, I, sh- I rest my case. And I was like, yes. Yeah. And if I could have videos and dressed as an energizer bunny, that would probably be a really good move, you know, to stand out and get different. I mean, look at Geico, right? Like there's so many companies that are in boring industries that find a way to get really creative and grab a ton of attention. So I definitely Dude, think no matter where you are, you can't use it as an excuse. And I got to make fun of Shaq, but God, that general insurance commercial with like the little general, it was like they purposely made these like 80s quality cheese videos. And I was like, oh my God, it's so good because I can't get the general out of my mind and I have Shaq associated with it. It's it's so, so, so good. It's so good. Um, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to close with a, like a question or two, because I, I really would like to like hear your perspective. So when you think about entrepreneurs, right, you see a lot, you have a lot of people on your platform. You've been in this world, you're an inbound marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked a little bit earlier about the, the opportunity, like noticing the shift, like the shift and it's going from this like acquisition game to the retention game. And I have people that like won't start or like I missed the boat. It's like, what do you think some of the biggest things people should be focusing on for the next couple of months or years when it comes to deepening relationships with their customers or using tools like Bonjoro or you have a very, very good experience across the board. So I would just love your thoughts of like giving some people some focus points that will really help them enhance what they're doing. A hundred percent. So I would say first off, just start with, we've talked about this a lot, but two-way communication. Like even if you forget everything we've talked about and you don't do video, you do something totally different. That's totally cool. Try to create a hundred conversations, a hundred two-way conversations where someone responds back. Because I will guarantee you, if you start doing that, you start investing in that, it will be game changing. So I think that is an awesome North Star initial thing. Make sure that you're spending your time to get people to communicate back, to share, to tell you about why they're there. Like 
there's so much value nested in that. So yeah. I think that is, is an awesome part. And then I think the other thing that's kind of an extension of that that we talked about is start having some fun, doing some creative brainstorming around experience. What kind yeah. of experience do you want to build? What kind of experience do you want to build? What do you want to be associated with, right? We talked about Disneyland is, is time with your family. What do you want that experience with your product to be? So really like brainstorm it out, write it out, put it to paper, start there, and then start looking at what tools or what pieces of, of kind of technology can you use to facilitate that? But don't start with the technology. Never start Thank with you. the technology. Thank you Thank for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Like, I just want to give him credit. Like he earned a hundred bonus points in my brain for saying that. Bonjour <laughs> is an amazing tool, but a tool does not work without a plan. So start with the plan yeah. and then use their tool, please. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's why at the very beginning, I also opened up with the importance of the message, the importance yeah. that if you show up and you read off of a script and it is dull and it is plain and it feels super rote and it just says, Hey, thank you so much. We're so excited to have you. It's like, no, you're not. You don't look excited to have me. Like you've, totally. just said, the same, you've said the same message a hundred times and you don't look excited. And so I think that's big. And, and, and so just have fun with it. Have, yeah. I know I know it sounds cliche. I know it's like, okay, they're saying like, have fun and people throw around be authentic in a lot of ways. And But really at the core, I think it's like taking a step back, taking that deep breath, not worrying about it sucking, being okay. Like we tried to, hopefully we encouraged you that if it sucks, it's probably actually better. It's <laughs> like, way right? better. So, I promise so, you it's way better. So, so just start there. I mean, that to me is the cornerstones of where I'd be guiding people to talk, mm-hmm. create those two-way conversations, to really lean into that experience angle. And, and then from there, all these other creative ideas, I think on the outside scaffolding are going to start to populate with that infrastructure. Totally. Cause I'm going to validate what you said. I think relationships are a muscle and the more that you flex it, the stronger it gets and the easier it gets to use it over and over and over again. And what I think is so It's like this really weird dichotomy in in business and marketing. It's like, I want people to buy my stuff, but I'm afraid to connect with the people that bought my stuff to figure out how to get more people to buy my stuff or fulfill on why they bought my stuff. I'm like, fucker, you want their credit card. That means you need some level of connection and relationship. And so I would say that the faster you can create that connection, the easier the transaction becomes. So don't wait until somebody buys something from you to connect. How can you connect on the front? How can you stand out? Where can you be different? Like I've talked about this before, but I think Casey will appreciate this one as well. I keynote, I have never sold from stage and I never will. I fucking hate it. I hate it. And I love going into rooms where everybody's got a back table and I can fucking call them out and be like, hey, by the way, I'm not paid to be here and I'm here to help you. So my only job is to answer your questions and I don't have a back table. I don't have a pitch. And quite frankly, it's hard to fucking pay me. So listen, take notes and let me help. And then they all come up to me after. And then Casey, this is exactly what I do. Once they've asked me a question, I'm like, oh, now you're qualified. How can I help you? And they're like, oh, I need this. I'm like, okay, hold on. And I literally take out my phone and I'm like, what's your email? And they're like, boom. And I take a selfie of us or a quick video on my phone and I email it to them. And I'm like, hey, here's a reminder of what we talked about and why. Now you have my email to respond. But then I don't have to remember anything. Because the moment they respond, I have a video with context of exactly what I'm waiting to hear back from. And so when we do these things, 
we can go meet people where they are. And in my opinion, the easier you make it for your customers, your potential customers, your leads, or anybody who's giving you their attention, the easier it is for them to turn around, to engage with you, to engage other people into your world, to trust you, to feel safe, to become that advocate where your customer lifetime value is now no longer just about the credit card. It's about the experience. It's about them being a walking billboard. Like Bonjoro knows this. They can look at my affiliate account. I promote it 99% of the time and I forget I have a fucking account. I don't care. I just want people like, oh, George told me to do the video thing and it helps me with relationships and boom, boom, boom. And so everything that Casey's saying, like all these ideas, the creative marketing, the all of it, it's not a strategy and tactic. It's the best way to live. And if you live from that place, like go look at Bonjoro and everybody right now. Sign up if you do nothing else than just to get their onboarding experience because you're going to get a fucking video of somebody in a bear suit and it just makes my heart happy. And you're going to see it and you're going to get it in and then you're going to see their case studies. But I want you to not notice what they're doing. I want you to notice how you're feeling while they're doing it. And then I want you to think about how you can create that same feeling and experience. And so, Casey, I will blow you up and blow smoke up everything that you're doing because I love the way that you broke it down. But I, I think... I think we're going to have to do like part two and part three because I feel like we could talk for like three hours about marketing <laughs> and customer experience and I would love to, but I also want to be respectful of time. So um, any closing thoughts, anything to say? I'm batshit crazy. I talked more than you did in my own interview. I apologize. I get really excited about this. No, I, I mean, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful. I've done a lot of podcasts and this one was so fun. I mean, it's just so cool to come and rip on ideas and to just have that creative brainstorm back and forth. I think that the best conversations and the best learning opportunities are often like when you try to emulate that, like sitting down in person and just yeah. having that like candid conversation. Um, so, I mean, we touched on so many different kind of key things and I hope that we kind of left people with this idea that simplicity and authenticity and, and, you know, the, like not having to remember what you're going to say, that's the beauty of it. Right. Totally. So, so that's, that's the, that's the whole loop. Um, that's, the, I, that's the, that's the best part. Like if anything more, um, I love you copywriters, but you don't really have a place in my world anymore because I just tell people how I feel and then ask them what they need. And then they do this beautiful thing. They're like, hey, George, this is what I need. And then I was like, oh, this is what you need. I can help you with the thing that you said you need. And all of a sudden, copywriting is handled because it's on a 15-second video. Yeah. 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 Couldn't agree more. No, I, I agree, man. I think you guys are incredible. So tell uh, tell your CEO that I think he's incredible. I've been a fan since day one. Um <sighs> I love everything that you guys are up to and what you're doing. For those of you listening, trust me. And I'll, I'll take it one step further. I will take it one step further. Go to usebonjour.com, U-S-E-B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com, whatever. You can spell better than I can. Sign <laughs> up. And if you are looking at it and you're like, okay, I can't think of how to do this. Send me another DM on Instagram. Tell me your business. Tell me what you're trying to design around it and I will spit ideas. And then if I can't think of any, which I highly doubt, I will email Casey and I'll ask him for the ideas as well. And we will make you a case study, but we got your back. I, I literally like, I don't promote things a lot ever really, but I can't think of one way in which this can't help anybody that, that this won't have a positive benefit by thinking about your customers, by Asking how can I go deeper? How can I create an experience? And then adding touch points into an ecosystem that already exists that checks the boxes to enhance that experience. It can only benefit both sides. It'll benefit you. It'll benefit them. You'll get more free research that people pay Spins and Nielsen millions of dollars a year for in videos and email responses than you can ever pay for. 
You'll understand yourself. You'll understand your customer. They'll tell you. And this is my favorite part. My favorite part, and this is the last inception piece, is when I have people look at me and they're like, hey, George, I'm about to tell you what I need. And I know you're going to turn around and tell me how quickly you can help me do it. And then you're going to charge me money for it. And I'm completely okay with it. I'm like, yeah, so tell me what you need. Like, totally, just tell me. And like, we joke about it. And like, it's amazing. But when you have those relationships and they're founded on principles and context about that first impression mattering and safety and humanity, you can have that experience where nothing feels slimy. It doesn't feel disconnected. It doesn't feel icky. And you're actually winning the game to where business is going. Exactly. And like, it just is another just quick, really quick thought on that. I've sent videos before to people who end up not being a good fit telling them that this is not a good fit, right? Like I, I try to be as candid as possible when I understand what someone's trying to accomplish. Oh, they're trying to do something that's like more mass email or trying to do whatever. And I'll point them in the right direction. I'll say, hey, but I come from the mass email world and here's a platform that I think would be really good for this application or here's what I would do for this use case or I got some buddies over here. Like I try to always be that connector and that's yep. part of this whole story too, right? That's yep. why you could, that's why George, you're able to go to that person and say like, hey, you know what's coming, but that is part of the humanity of it, right? Yep. And because yep. you're not promoting things, because you're so open with people, because you've had, you've built that trust and relationship, people just know and they come to expect that type of dynamic with you. So I think that's, you know, that that's part of this too, is just, is just being straight up. Don't try to sell people. Don't try to twist. Don't try to persuade. You know, don't try to persuade. Persuade is the wrong. It's you're just trying to create a good fit. And if you yep. always go and you serve people and your focus is on serving and that's your key point versus persuading, like your business is going to run better. You're going to get more revenue. You're going to get more customer lifetime value. And once again, you're going to be happier. That That's yep. like the thing I just don't want people to leave without forgetting. Like part of this is just like, remember, we're humans. We're yep. showing up every day to work. And we want to be happy. We want to feel fulfillment. We want to feel good about like, hey, the stuff I'm doing in the world has some purpose. And when you treat people like that, it's it's going to come full circle. Totally. And you know what? Fuck it. Because I had another thought. I'll share this one. You'll appreciate this one. This, we have to end with this one because I have another call and I have to pick my kids up. But we're going to do this again. Um, I'm a smart ass. Like I own that I'm a smart ass. And I love people and I will help you and give you the shirt off my back, whether you pay me or not. And some people don't believe me. I've had so many people that have come into my world and this is my favorite thing to do. So I have people come into my mastermind. I don't expect anybody to be in my mastermind forever. If you are, there's a problem and we have a codependent addicted relationship. We don't have a coaching relationship, right? I want you to come on and grow. But my favorite thing is I wait. And when people leave my mastermind, I support them. I've never had any bad blood. We always talk, but I very intentionally follow up 30 days later. And I mail them their placard in the mail. And then 60 days later, I send them a personalized thank you letter in the mail. And then like, I'll send them a Bojoro video and they're like, you're an asshole. I'm like, no, no, how can I help? Or then I'll see something they're doing and I'll record a quick Bojoro and I'll give them copy edits on it. And then they're like, and then I swear to God, they come back and they get, I'm like, no, 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 I don't want you back. Like, I just want to help. But we've taken this into companies. We've taken this into companies where they've had people who used to buy their products for years and then they still have their email and then they just stopped buying. And I was like, no, no, don't sell them, nurture them, help them. Like, fuck it. You know, they were buying your product. They were buying a pre-workout because they needed more energy. Cool. Can we just help them get more energy, like through their sleep, through their nutrition, through their whatever? And I love like my objective at the end of the day, for those of you, I've never talked about this publicly, but the whole concept of relationships beating algorithms and why I came up with that 
is that no matter what, everybody's in a relationship and it's either happening by accident or it's happening intentionally. And I don't think that every relationship is going to have a positive impact. I don't, like it, It's not like every single person that meets me wants to be my best friend. There would be a problem with that, right? So when I look at relationships, they're either moving you one step closer towards me or pushing you one step further away and hopefully in a direction that supports you. And you alluded to this earlier. My job is not to convince you to come closer. It's to be a safe space to always guide you to the next step. And so I have this in my brain that the worst place a relationship can be is net negative, but the best it can be is net neutral or positive. And so when people leave, I don't ever let that be the last interaction. I always have to have the last word because I want to have the last positive touch point. And so quite frankly, my favorite thing to use Bonjoro for is to go after trolls that leave negative reviews or bad comments and thank them and send them gifts and give them love because it works every single time. And that's all oh, man. That, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's the perfect way to close it. I, this has been, this has been so fun, man. I'm, I'm looking I love it. My, my new objective is to figure out whether on this podcast or otherwise, how we set up our next chat. Like that, that's where my mind is at. Like I need, to, I need to learn more here. No, done. I would love to. I, I will shoot to Nima. I would absolutely love to. And for everybody listening, um, Casey, thank you. Uh, amazing. I love when I can have people from companies that I believe in come in and your ideas were incredible and I love it. And for everybody listening, uh, I'm going to say this, how I'm going to end the show. Uh, nothing's going to happen unless you make it happen and your relationships are not going to nurture themselves. They do not water themselves. They do not tend to themselves. You need to give it the attention that it deserves. And I said this at the last event and it was in context to customer journey. Everybody's in one, whether they're in yours or not. And if you're not intentionally doing it, they're in somebody else's. And so utilize this as a way to intentionally insert yourself into the conversations that you want to be in, helping customers with how you want to help them. And if you need any help, I will tell you that the team at Bonjoro is absolutely incredible. So get Bonjoro, try it, try the 14-day trial, use bonjour.com. I've never met any of them, but yet I'm a giant advocate. Casey reached out to me because I had another influx. And I was like, oh my God, come on the podcast. And so like, they're incredible people. They stand behind what they do. And I will tell you, I have had customers abuse their customer service on purpose and they give free creative ideas. They help you problem solve. They help you use the platform because newsflash, Bonjoro only works as a business if your business works using it. So they will do everything in their power to help you be better with it. Hint, hint reach out, use it, utilize support. So Casey, any closing words, anything you want to leave people with? I think, I think we covered it, man. I think we hit, cool. all, I think we hit the nail on the head. Cool. No, I love it. This was fun. This is actually the funnest podcast I've done. I had a really deep one earlier and this was the best way to end my day. I'm like ready to go and build customer journeys and go put my five-year-old in one for the night so I can get a little bit of rest before I go to bed, <laughs> you know, the normal stuff. But, um, Let's do this. Uh, everybody listening, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, remember that relationships always beat algorithms. And until next time, I'll either see you in the next episode or you'll hear me in your earballs. But either way, it's been fun. Check out Bonjoro. Either way, have a beautiful night. Let's cue the outro now. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, 
my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.